Hello and welcome back to She's In Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and videographers from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being Alyssa Glantz, owner of At A Glance Media. Her journey reflects someone following their dreams and working to become a full-time filmmaker. Prior to launching her company last year, she was actually in the fitness business for about 10 years and of course brought all, brought all of those marketing skills with her into her new venture and she's going to tell us all about it today. So Alyssa, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. This is super exciting. Uh, I've been listening to the other episodes and it's really cool to be doing this along with some other really amazing female filmmakers. Well, we're so excited to have you. So the part of your story that I want to begin with is you becoming a full-time filmmaker. You know, the story of being dissatisfied with your job as it was and taking a leap of faith. So tell us about that journey before you told your boss, I'm out. You know, what was the (laughs) day-to-day like for you at your day job? So the prior to the whole like, hey, I'm out conversation, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was working at this really fancy uh, fitness franchise. It was a Pilates studio in a suburb in just outside of Boston. So it's a very wealthy town. The clientele was very upscale. And um, Mm -hmm. prior to this job, I had run a kickboxing studio. And that, that was my home. We had a community. It was a smaller town, but we ended up selling it. So this Pilates job was like a go-between where I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to continue in fitness, but this is what I know that I can do. And it, you know, it, it makes enough money to do what I need to do. But I found out very quickly once I had jumped from my community into the real fitness world, working for someone else that I really didn't like it too much. Um, you know, it's a whole different world in, in a way than filmmaking. There are similar aspects that I'm experiencing with clients, but in fitness, uh, working for this woman, she was like your classic, I don't know, uh, have you ever seen The Devil Wears Prada? Yes, yeah. That, that movie course. with Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep. Uh, that's kind of the dynamic <laughs> a little bit that we had going <laughs> oh, on. No. So like, no joke. The owner of the studio moved in next door to me and like would have me come over to do like wine meetings at like, I'd be at work all day and this would be like seven (laughs) o'clock and I'd be like, hey, it's seven o'clock. Like, I got to go to the gym. This is what I do. This is why you hired me (laughs) because you got to look the part in fitness. But like she didn't care. She was like, no, like we got to talk strategy. And um, between, I think what was happening was like between her and between the clientele just being totally different than my clientele back in Seekonk, Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. I was just dreading getting up every day. I was like, oh, this is awful. And like, it wasn't a difficult job. It was just boring and just soul sucking. So just about, I think it was, so the day that I told her, that I was done was March 10th. 
And so this was right around the following week is when we find out that COVID is going to impact everything. Mm-hmm. To this point, when I quit, I didn't really know. Like, we knew there was something happening, but it was like, we didn't know everything was going to shut down. Right. So I just, like, I'd had it. I woke up that day. I think something just had me hit my breaking point, And I was like, I'm going to tell her today. That's it. And what am I going to do next? I'm not sure. But I think that I'm going to just try to be a videographer and, like, get a camera and do my thing. So I went in and I told her and, you know, she was like, really, you know, uh, are you sure about this? Like, you don't even have a backup plan. And I was like, I'm sure. And then we find out a week later about COVID a week or two later. And she she calls me up and she's like, now's not the best time for you to be, you know, trying to start Mm -hmm. something new. Are you sure you (laughs) want to do this? Right. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thanks so, for calling, but no. <laughs> yeah, thanks for calling. Good chat. Uh, <laughs> and now fast forward to this year, uh, and I'm billing out monthly. I'm making more money than I was, a decent amount more than I did working for her in the rich town with the Pilates people. So that's wow, that's, that's the story in a that's, nutshell. That's wonderful. How did you feel when you quit? Was this a sense of, of relief? Were you kind of worried about what the next steps were? What was that, that feeling like for you? That is a good question. The, I, I remember just being so nervous. I like, I was like, oh, she's, she's in the back of the studio. I gotta, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> suck it up. Um, but when I said the words and they were like out of my mouth, I knew at that point that I wasn't going to change my mind to go back. Like I was like, I wouldn't have said this and I wouldn't have gotten to this point if it wasn't something that I needed to do. And even though I was really scared of what was to come next, because I had nothing, like all I had was a Canon 70D for equipment and Mm -hmm. some basic editing skills at that point. So I just was like, you know what? This is how this is how legends are made, you know? Like <laughs> you got to take the risk. Right. There's no no risk, no reward. I'm going to do this. The alternative is to keep doing something that I hate and wasting time. And I think yeah. You know, I just turned at uh, last at that point I had just turned 30 and so I was like freaking out about age and time and I'm like no more wasted time. We're doing this. Mhm. Right. Absolutely. And why, what drew you to video? What makes that a passion of yours? And how did you know that that was kind of the direction you wanted to go in? Mm -hmm. So back in high school, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. We had a program called the Academy of Mass Media. And I, to be honest, couldn't tell you, I don't even remember why I was like, I want to do the TV production program, but I just thought it (laughs) sounded cool. So <laughs> I have I'm with you. I that. did the same program at a different university. Did you re- so I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Wait, uh, did you grow up in New Jersey? I did. Where I went you- to Monmouth University and I did their television and radio track in the communication school. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So you you know, like you saw the ad for it and you're like, I'm in. Like that looks so cool. Right. So um <laughs> yeah, this was like high school. So I was like a little nerd. Like fitness was a long shot. I played sports, but I was like a little skinny dweeb, you know, like I didn't have muscles or anything. <laughs> and uh, I was you know, a perfect candidate, like little scrawny nerdy me. Um <laughs> but once I got into the program, I was hooked. I was like, whoa. Like, TV production is so cool. This is what I want to do for real. So I, um, mm-hmm. any opportunity I got, I was like, I'll be here before school. I'll stay after school. And I got super into editing. We had, like, those old clunky. I remember the IMAX that had, like, a turquoise. Like, they had, like, bright colors. They were, like, huge. Like the, I think so, yeah. The monitor yeah, yeah. was, like, clunky. Yeah, it might be. They might be a little bit after your t- you're a little bit younger than me but they were like these I keep, am a some little people bit, yeah. will know this the ancient <laughs> max and they they came in bright colors so we had those and um we edited on final cut so we had like a mm. daily news show where we would do like a live show with like a floor director and a technical director and the soundboard and somebody would do the talent and read the teleprompter and then we also had a segment where we would edit something together at the end of the week and produce a show. So like anything I could get my hands on, I was in. And when I graduated, I thought I was for sure. I was like, I'm going to go into TV. I'm going to work on a TV show. I'm not sure exactly what, mm-hmm. but that's that was the path. Um, and then I ended up, I moved up to Rhode Island for college. And I went to University of Rhode Island I didn't really have much going on in TV. I did communications and business. And that's kind of where I started to go off on a different path. I I did an internship with the local news station and I did sports in the news. And sports, like I was, I thought I would love sports. I hated sports. It was like just watching, Mm. it was like just watching guys play sports all day. And like your whole day was being like, (laughs) fangirling over boys playing sports and I'm like I don't think I can do this for a career just like follow these dudes around and and that like for a local person if you're not going to be on ESPN you're not even following like the cool guys doing sports you're trekking out to high school (laughs) and you're setting up rain or shine right so I was like this is not very glamorous and then the Mm -hmm. news the news was totally depressing. Every day, you had to find like the worst thing that you could find and then go report on that. Yeah, so exactly. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't want to do That's no fun. That's terrible. And like the producers are awful. They're like, they're so mean and cutthroat. So I was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. So I did one more internship. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the show. It only ran for two seasons. It was called Body of Proof. It was on ABC. And it was one of those like medical shows. Uh, not like Grey's Anatomy. It was I've like a murder it. mystery. Yeah, it, it never got really popular. And they filmed the first season in Rhode Island, of all places. And then they moved out to LA for season mm-hmm. two. But I interned in the art department. And that was cool. But again, I was like, so what do you, like, what's the advancement here? Like, everybody that was there just yeah. seemed kind of depressed and like, ah, oh, like, that's show business, you know? 
And they were all like 45 and like doing <laughs> right. the same thing they did pretty much when they were my age at like little 21 year old me. So I was like, that doesn't look fun either. So I picked mm-hmm. up a job at Chili's waitressing after college and I was like, I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So I was just lifting weights and working at Chili's. And then people were asking me advice like, hey, how do you get your biceps like that? And I was like, huh, people are asking a lot of these fitness questions. Maybe I'll just do that. And so I did. And I went 10 years in that direction. So that's where the initial video bug began. And then just got packed away for quite some time. Interesting. So, so I guess that, that was, you that and was I, quite a we saga. Have similar yes. Kind of, <laughs> yes, it was. You and I have kind of similar paths <laughs> um, because we studied in similar programs in, in college. And um, it's just it's just so interesting to me how the curriculum and the classes were so tailored towards television and studio productions. And now yes. the type of, of filmmaking you're doing and, and stuff that I'm doing, too, is like so far mm-hmm. from that, from this, like, you know, having a technical director and reading off a prompter and, and being in studio. It's a lot of like run and gun cinematic yep. filmmaking that wasn't taught at my university. My university, I'm sure it wasn't taught in yours as well. Not at all. Yep. Uh, and actually, uh, where I found you and your podcast was through Full Time Filmmaker, um, which the, I signed up for that program right around the time of quitting the Pilates job. And that taught me way more of what I, like you can find basically everything that they teach somewhere on YouTube. So it's Mm -hmm. insane how much times have changed. Like back when you and I were in college, I don't even think YouTube, or at least when I was in college, I'm older than you. I'm like an ancient person over here. (laughs) We did not have YouTube with like, gear reviews and like shutter speed and aperture and all that. And we didn't learn that in college either, but the full-time filmmaker kind of condensed everything and made it so that I didn't have to like search around. Cause I didn't even know really where to begin with what order you would need to learn these things in. So that kind of helped, but I'm only 15% through the course. (laughs) <laughs> they keep uh, adding just new like, stuff every day man let me tell yeah. you <laughs> they're insane they add new stuff and also though sometimes i'll just forget about the course i just come like encounter a new thing that i need to know and then i youtube it but it buying the course gave me the initial confidence and dropping that kind of money was like hey we're doing this now like we're you not just do it. Yeah. goofing around <laughs> YouTubing stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. When I was in college, YouTube is definitely, you know, around, but I, I was not introduced to filmmaking as I know it now. Like I'd never heard of a cinematic wedding film or a cinematic commercial right. uh, film. It was always just the standard talking head style news interview that I was taught in college. It wasn't until, mm-hmm. um, I, I really, you know, wanted to know what was beyond that. And I don't I don't even remember how I found like YouTubers such as Peter McKinnon and Parker Wallbeck on YouTube, but it was directed uh, to me somehow. And from there, I, I went down this rabbit hole of like, wow, 
I, I have a foundation in editing and in composition and things like that, but there's so much I don't know because, mm-hmm. and, and I, I left college. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I left college feeling so like, like feeling like, like I had wasted my time because yes. I had, you know, gone through this entire program. I had skills that would serve me in a very specific industry in a very specific niche that I had no interest in. And so totally. now I was investing, just like you, investing in this full-time filmmaker course, you know, dropping a p- pretty penny on it, and now yeah. having to kind of self-guide my own learning, where it's like, didn't I just drop, you know, $50,000 to learn this stuff in school? <laughs> totally. It's insane. It really is. I-, I totally relate with you with that, with leaving college. Uh, when I left college, I was like, huh. Like, I did some internships, you know. I joined a sorority, which was crazy. Like, I'm not even a sorority girl. I'm, like, a big lesbian. And uh, half my <laughs> you, you college don't give me career... sorority girl vibes. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, I had just moved to Rhode Island from Florida. So that was, like, my way of kind of getting friends really fast or, like, getting a community up here. But, like, right. yeah, like, I was spending my time at, like, frat parties and just, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like back in high school, I had such a passion. I would stay for hours. I'd be addicted to editing. And then college, it just kind of got lost. And I'm with you. Like, I feel like, what are they even, how did we not know these skills coming out of a school like that? You know? Right. A hundred percent. And that's why when I first signed up for full-time filmmaker, I was really embarrassed about it. I wouldn't tell anybody because I was Mm -hmm. like, shit, I should really have these skills already. And now I'm, you know, I went through this whole program, you know, and now I'm, I'm dropping more money to get taught from a YouTuber, essentially. Right. So I, you know, right. it took me a while to be able to kind of shamelessly be like, yes, I am a full-time filmmaker student. And on the other hand, um, you know, going into the course, I bought it, but it sat like, it kind of sat on the shelf for me for a while because it was so, so intimidating. Like the mm-hmm. fact that here I am being confronted with the the exact tool I need to get to where I want to be and it would just it would just kind of change everything for me it was like everything I knew to be true about cinematic video or what I thought you were like I have the power is being flipped upside (laughs) its head (laughs) exactly yeah and it was it was the power is in my hands um... (laughs) the click of a button right that's hilarious. And it, uh, yeah, it took me a while to, to really schedule out the I classes. But you're right. Sometimes I forget. I forget about it, and I have to be like reminded. Like I, I did a. Um, I wanted to practice um, like a real estate shoot the other day on a on a trip to the the cabin that we went to, and um, so I went through the the real estate portion of the of the course and that was helpful and I was like okay I could see this being kind of a lifelong resource especially because they keep adding to it what um so what drew you to full-time filmmaker you know I think that it was Parker's damn ads that were like hey you like you've got a camera (laughs) and you don't know what to do with it and I was like what the hell how'd he know and you know he was right like I had my Canon 70D that I had bought uh, a little after college just to have fun with. I never really did anything. You, I used to do like little silly comedy sketch things uh, for the studio with it, but nothing cinematic or, you know, nothing really serious. So when he said that, I was like, 
That's, I think it, the ad hit me at that time when I was super unhappy at that Pilates place. And I was like, you know, it re, it reminded me that like, hey, yeah, I do like doing that. And like, hey, this guy did it. If this guy could do it, I could do it. So that's right. kind of what triggered me to, I think he had to show me that ad of quite a few times. I'm also <laughs> not only a lesbian, but I'm half Jewish. So spending money is, uh, I right. fit the bill. I fit the stereotype. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's too funny. My, uh, my boyfriend's Jewish. So we, uh, so I can, oh, I can yeah. relate so to you that know a little bit. A, yeah. You get it. We have to make sure the expense is going to have a return on investment. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So you went, so you bought the course around the time that you left your job last year. How long yes. did it take you to go from starting the course to, you know, jumping in and, and actually launching your business, your production company? Yes, that's a good question. I think it took, so once I quit that place, so it would have been March that I was like, see you later, lady. Um, mm -hmm. I ordered a Sony a7 III used from someone in our full-time filmmaking group in April. And I think that's when I started, I put out a post on Facebook with a picture of me with the camera. And I was like, hey, um, I'm doing videos for local businesses because of the pandemic. I would love to help some businesses out, tag a mm -hmm. business that you think could use a video. And so that's what started the ball rolling. And also don't forget, the last 10 years, all people saw was me posting like Thule ab shots. Like this was out <laughs> yeah. of nowhere. They're like, what the hell? Like she's wearing a shirt, first of all, <laughs> and saying she's making a video. Uh, so that, I think that helped kind of like let people know about what was going on because it was all referral based in the beginning. It's still, it still is referral based, really. Uh, but it was like people wow. that I had worked with in my fitness life at some point and I got a ton of comments on it so I actually did more than one free video I had no idea when I posted it how many I would do I don't even remember how many I did but I did a few off of that and a few of those turned into paying clients over the summer and then it just went from there so it took I would say maybe like October of last October 2020 is when I was hitting like solid billing to say about where I was close to where I was in fitness and now that has pretty much doubled but it's not as it's wow. not super consistent with the doubling like I've hit double but not every right. month so we're right. working on making that you know a, a thing the norm right the well, norm the reg yep <laughs> of course well i mean first of all congratulations on that that's that's oh, huge you. and i i want to ask you about like what your mindset was when you first put that out uh, ad out on facebook and kind of that call to action to try to see if businesses could use your services because that is something that i feel like that's a really big roadblock that i've experienced it's like i know i have some skills right but how do i it's about putting myself out there there's such a hesitance that i have when mm -hmm. doing that because you know it's one thing to create videos for family and friends and do spec ads and things like that but when you're working with a, a real life business that has a real life reputation and they're potentially mm -hmm. real life dollars on the line um there it just adds a level of i guess 
uh, risk to me that I haven't yet kind of uh, delved into. So what's your what's your totally. take on that? And kind of, yeah, what did you experience any of those feelings when you first started? I still experience <laughs> those feelings <laughs> um, as the gigs grow, like get bigger. I still am like, wow, like I got to deliver, you know, this is, uh, I'm still, I'm not, when I was at the end of fitness, you couldn't shake me. Like I was like, I got this no matter what you threw my way. But Mm -hmm. with this, I'm still in the beginning stages. So definitely the confidence has grown, but I still like preparing for gigs. I have some gigs this month that I'm like, you know, we gotta, we gotta really get this down. And so I think back when I initially posted that, I definitely was nervous. I definitely was like, you know, hopefully I can pull this off. What took some pressure off in that was that it was, I was doing the video for free. So I felt mm-hmm. like anything was gonna be better than nothing for the business. Where I put the pressure on myself was like, hey, you got to try to flip this into a paying client or you're not going to be doing this for very long. So I think that was more of the issue. Now that the gigs are, are being, are paid and we're getting budgets and all of that. I feel the pressure now is more like I got to deliver for this business. They're counting on it kind of a thing, but I definitely see what you mean. So a little bit of that fear is always there. (laughs) Right. And you know what I try to remind myself? And I know like this podcast is all geared towards yeah, females making it making an impact in videography and filmmaking videography. Um, I have to remind myself and my girlfriend reminds me a lot, too, that guys just do it like they just own it and they do it. And when I started in fitness, I had the yeah, exact no hesitation. same. Yes. When I, before I ever had my first personal training client, I was like, who am I to like, how am I, how am I going to know for sure that I can get them results? And like, what happens if this happens? And what if I can't deliver? And I just forced myself. Like, again, I started with free clients and fitness. I would pull people in the gym and I would offer them a free workout with me. And if they liked it, we would do, I'd do a sales pitch and I'd get them signed up. And you know, that worked out, that tur- that translated into a really nice career where I ne- no longer felt that anxiety about working with a new client. So I try to remind myself that it's the exact same thing that it was back yeah. then mm-hmm. in fitness. And also that it really is all in your head because uh, you know, in training, guys had no hesitance. They would just be like, I know what I'm doing. Sign up with me. And I'd be like, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. I've watched right. him work out. Like, he does bad form all the time. But so, like, I yeah. knew that. But I was still like, I'm like a perfectionist. I'm like, I don't know if I know everything I need to know ever about training before I take a client. But you don't need to do that. Like, it's all in, it's all in your head. It's how you believe in yourself. And really just, like, hyping yourself up to say... I got this. I do know it. I can do it. And do whatever you need to do to prepare so that you know that you're bringing your A game every time. And then I I think that the confidence will come with that. That's wonderful advice. Yeah, I definitely need to to take that to heart because uh, 
that I feel like that's like the roadblock I'm at now because I, I went as far as you know launching my production company in February mm -hmm. I have some video editing clients but since the pandemic I've kind of had the excuse of like oh I don't have to go <laughs> I don't want to go out and, and film anyone in person because you know you know COVID and whatnot but uh, yep. it's getting to the point where I was like you know I really do want to do this for real so mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to just kind of put myself out there and it's just a matter of um, actually just taking, making it a habit of taking my camera wherever I go. Cause totally. there's always opportunities to shoot and it's just, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just setting yourself up for, for those opportunities. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think for you even just starting, uh, picking a place that you really like, like if you have a favorite coffee shop or any, anything that you really like, enjoy that business and you'd want to help them anyway. You could always do a free gig. I wouldn't recommend doing a million free gigs because then you get stuck in a <laughs> in a cycle of like getting scared to put a price on it. And remember, mm -hmm. guys do not do things for free for very long. Um, but just to get that sure. initial hump of like, I'm working with a client and just to see that it's okay. And the other thing to remember is uh, people don't know anything about your camera or anything. So if you just tell them, like, I, I, this was another thing I struggled with, was I would feel this pressure, like, I'd get to the place and I'd be like, oh, crap, like, I got to set up all my stuff and, like, I'd feel rushed, like, I need to get my camera settings all set, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, no, I'm going to tell them what's up. Like, I need... 20 minutes to like get all of this stuff set and like you need to sit there and let me get the white balance correct and we got to test the audio this is what we do to have a successful production and not only does that help you calm your anxiety and be like all right everything's okay because you're taking your time but also you you're in control it really establishes authority with your client and they'll listen they don't know that's why they're hiring you and it really justifies the value that you're asking for because you're the professional. It shows that you just can't show up with your iPhone and be like, all right, let's shoot a video, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, that's the thing, like, if we, especially for, I think both of us can, can relate to this, um, you know, we had the gear. It's mm -hmm. also, you just gotta come with the confidence Yep. that's the other thing you're right they don't know they don't know a thing about video that's why that's why they're hiring you you could you exactly. know you could pretend to shoot the video and they wouldn't know the difference <laughs> you right. know what i mean like yeah it's so true and like this was another thing i struggled with was at the beginning i would make mistakes all the time like with shutter speed i'd film the whole thing in the wrong shutter speed and be like ah hmm. but literally no one knew like no one knew the, oh, the only people that knew were guys that with from full-time filmmaker that would hit me up and be like oh like uh, guys around boston would sometimes hit me up and ask to see my work and like oh if we ever need a second shooter so i'd send them my stuff they might be able to pick it out and be like your shutter speeds are off but no one else could they would no one knew like all the technical right. stuff that we get caught up in because it's mm -hmm. because we know all of it they don't know. And of, of course, knowing that stuff is going to all add up and make your piece look great. But right. you're fine. Like, take the pressure and just throw it away. There's no need to put all that burden, especially when you're getting started, because no one knows. 
Of course. Yeah, that's that's wonderful advice. So what you started with a Sony A7S three? A7 three? Uh the A7 three. Actually I got it right here. The um Sony A7 III. I'm shooting this uh image right now is on the Sony FX three. So I actually just uh bought that camera last month. What a, yeah, whenever it came out. Nice. What is your mentality around gear? Because I think that when I first started um, with filmmaking, finding the the first camera or like finding what system I was going to go with, you know, Mm -hmm. Sony, Panasonic, Canon, I it was it was just so overwhelming. And I finally I I went with Panasonic and I'm liking that. But it's like every, you know, every it feels like every year there's a new camera or a new version or a new firmware. And it's like, how do you, do you keep up with all of it? Are you, are you a believer in like master the gear that you have and then upgrade when you really need to, or do you more so follow the trends? What's your mentality? So this is an awesome topic, uh, because, (laughs) (laughs) well, so, you know, we talked about how I'm very frugal with my money. Now this whole career has totally turned that upside down. I'm buying something new all the time but here's the thing all the guys that are like gear doesn't matter i find that most guys that say that have they're saying that to you on their sony fx3 or whatever (laughs) brand new camera they bought and i'm like okay bro like you have like the nanlite pavo tubes like six of them behind you i see your like your road mic thing coming out of like you've got every you get all the bells and whistles um how i feel about that everybody's at a different place budget wise and so i do think that it's very possible to make the most of what you have but i think it comes to a point where you do need to invest in yourself as far as like getting the job done and this is going to tie into that confidence piece because when you have the tools that you think that you need even if uh, you know for an example a gimbal like you could get by right now and make videos and make money without a gimbal but would it make your life so much easier if you could just know that if hey it calls for a moving shot i have a gimbal and it's going to make the shot look so smooth totally worth that investment and you're more versatile so you're more marketable because you've got different types of shots but could you get by without it? Absolutely. So I think it just comes down to, and, and this is a constant battle, just so you know, like this is something I battle with. I just dropped, I just bought a slider today. I bought two memory cards for something I have coming up. It's, I feel like I'm constantly spending money, but I'm seeing that I need that to do a great job and to continue elevating my stuff. And so, I don't think that me just like hanging on to the exact same equipment I had from the start would get me to what I'm doing right now, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's a totally fair point. I mean, I think that I've been luckily. So I have actually have a full time job. I work in tech um, in the in the marketing department for a tech company. And so I'm financially supported enough to be able to buy, you know, whatever gear that I want. So um, but I've been trying to be select yeah it definitely comes in handy i've been trying to be selective and and you know notice what gear 
I haven't because all right. So when I was in high school, a guy I was dating ended up gifting me this like this huge set of um, they were really cheap, but they they worked um, really well. Uh, like studio lights, like cool. it was the big. There were like big studio lights. They mostly acted as key lights, and then there was um, like little umbrella lights and the big green screen backdrop with the black curtain and a white curtain and a green curtain so i have this whole set and i carried i still have it down in the basement now and i was using that for for Mm. so long while i was shooting youtube videos and other stuff like that and i was like you know what i really need to get some like bicolor led lights and so i invested into that luckily and uh and that's been a game changer and so now it's like okay i can retire those that kit that i've used for the past 10 years and now you know start investing in myself and then once i once i use those lights and i find a need that i i have to fill for something bigger and better than that then i'll make that step but um yeah i had to be careful in uh in buying gear when i needed it as an on an as-needed basis as opposed to just going through parker wallbeck's kit.co thing and buying everything that he had oh thinking that if i got it all oh, that'll kill i would you. get his yeah. level of skill <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly right right exactly. and that's the important thing is I think it's good to kind of take it step by step. Like, if it's going to make your life easier, then do it because time is money. And I know that's like so cliche and everybody says it, but it's so true in this. If it's go- if anything that's going to slow you up doing video, you're not going to use and it's just costing you aggravation and time. So investing in things that are going to speed up your process and improve your confidence. Like getting those bigger memory cards for me is that's important because I want to make sure I'm not nervous about, okay, like this is a longer shoot than normal. We're doing it all in 4k. I don't want to have to worry about it because if I'm worrying about that, it's gonna, I'm going to make a mistake somewhere else. You know, uh, it's going to peak my anxiety, not knowing that I have that. And I think just kind of building step by step, you go out and you experience with what you have. And then after the shoot, you're like, oh, like, you know what? When I was on that shoot, this this piece of gear didn't work out. Or like, I need this piece of gear to make sure this doesn't right. happen. Like I've made mistakes with audio where I'm like, you know what? I should have had a two lav mics for this thing instead of trying to do this with like the shotgun mic. And so I learned, so I ordered another one and now I'm all set. So that's not going to happen again, but it's just a lot of like going out with it, learning, seeing what you actually need and not buying into the hype because the hype never ends. There's always going to be a better camera. There's always going to be a better drone, a better light, blah, blah, blah. It goes on forever. Right, right. There's always the the next best thing for sure. So where is your business now and what has that evolution looked like? So the the evolution has gone from uh, bopping around with a Canon 70D and making some free videos to now having a lot of gear, a lot of nice gear, uh, making a comfortable income for sure right now and really at this point in my career it's just trying to really dig into what is at a glance media so that's the name of my the business 
And, you know, we're kind of doing a little bit of everything with small business, but we're kind of really digging our claws in with social media advertising. We've done one television commercial so far, but I think our strong suit is clever ads, pretty ads, and strategic ads for businesses around us. I love that. And I think um, I have a similar aspirations for my business in focusing on video for social. Um, Because when you think about Mm -hmm. it, like that's where primarily your videos for small businesses are going to live. That's where it's going to get engagement. That's how you're going to convert, you know, leads into business. So I think that that's a really Mm -hmm. good focus um, for, for our production company, for sure. Um, are there any other services or anything that you want to add to your business or are there any skills that you want to kind of learn or master in this upcoming year? So, yeah, that's a great question for the upcoming year. It's just really starting to get those videos looking super sharp, super clean. Um, I think for adding on services, we're working on the distribution part. Um, so I've brought somebody on to kind of take on that bit of it. And um, for, for me personally, separate of At A Glance Media, I'm really looking to start a YouTube channel. And I'd love to really do something with uh, filmmaking for not just for females, but anybody could watch the channel as far as somebody that wants to run their own business, especially in the filmmaking arena and all that it takes to be an entrepreneur, you know, confidence and fitness levels and getting enough sleep and talking with clients and all that sort of stuff. So I'm really hoping to launch that in the next year, but it's just getting a handle on what I'm doing right now with At A Glance Media first. Awesome. I was so hoping that you were going to say that because after kind of stalking your your social profiles, I was just like, and of course, talking to you today, I'm like, you have the personality for it. But there were so many videos that I saw on your Instagram, like the there was a Tiger Queen, which was a Tiger King oh. parody. There was one about <laughs> your cat Reese and you pretended he had gone missing. Like these were hilarious. Yes. Um, and I just... Uh, and the, well, you did recently more, more recently, um, I think it was like a mask off parody, just so funny, so relatable. And I like, you give me such vlogger, you know, YouTube personality vibes. And I think that you'd really make waves on YouTube. Plus we need more, you know, females in this industry, in this space representing on YouTube, because, you know, I can count on one hand, the amount that are getting recognized at the moment. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Oh, well, I appreciate that so much. That that makes me <laughs> laugh. The Tiger Queen thing was pretty wild. And just so you know, the Liger that starred in the video, he's been sitting here watching uh, over in the corner this entire time. So, um, but yeah, and you know, I think as far as YouTube, I'm so glad to hear that feedback. And you know, us women, we need to band together because I'll tell you an observation I have we can only count the female YouTubers we know on one hand in the video arena. And you know, mm-hmm. you've talked before in, in detail about all the men, but I notice a trend on the guys. And there are guys in our full-time filmmaking group that just started a year ago. And guys will fanboy over each other, you know? Like they'll be like, bro, your set <laughs> yeah. looks awesome. Like, da-da-da-da-da. And I feel like women are a little more shy. Like, 
we're not really like doing that to each other as much. And I'm guilty of it too. You know, I'm also being quiet, but I just think, I think as women, we kind of complain and we're like, oh, like it's dominated by men. And I'm like, well, you know, not for nothing, but when I joined Full-Time Filmmaker, I got a ton of requests from guys in my Boston area that were like, oh, hey, and we keep in touch and they comment on my things and ask me to see the work. And I don't get that with girls or women. And um, I've even tried to kind of like reach out here and there with other females and it doesn't always get received. And I I don't know what's the deal with that, but I just think we as females, we got to band together because it is definitely a male world that we are living in and filmmaking. Absolutely. And I I totally, I I definitely agree with that. Um, You know, men will go and, you know, have no shame in posting their work and giving feedback and taking feedback. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, you know, I've seen some of your stuff in the full-time filmmaker group, but other than that, I don't see many women putting their work out there. um, Or I don't see many women commenting on the work that the men are posting. So you're right. It's just a matter of like, gotta put ourselves out there and band together because nobody else is gonna do it for us yep exactly so step into and i arena. think you know to our point we're being polite and that we're tra- you know that's our social conditioning is we're to take the back seat you know and right. guys are used to just being like me 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 so they're like look at my work look at this and it's not all you know i agree i don't think we all need to be like ah look at us but i do think like throwing a comment of support to our fellow females and like shouting them out is going to go a long way because even the couple of female filmmakers I follow on YouTube, their entire comments are all dudes. It's all men. So I just think, yeah, yeah, we need to like get out there and establish ourselves in the community for sure. Absolutely. Well, you have my support and the she's in focus girl gang support. So we're just excited to see uh, where you take that for sure. Oh, thank you so much. All righty. So, of course, no problem. So do you have any exciting projects coming up that you want to plug? Anything that we can look out for on your socials? I think just uh, looking out for maybe the YouTube thing. I'll definitely be posting about that in the near future and i'd love for you guys i'd love to see all of you guys work if anybody is watching or listening to this uh shoot me a dm like i'm all you can you know you can find me on instagram facebook uh uh my handle i can send you over a message it's at a glance uh off of my last name but yeah find me on there i'd love to see everybody's work and just kind of connect and talk with everyone Awesome. And what a, what a layup that name is too. Let's like, I was telling, uh, I was telling my boyfriend the, the name of your, of your company. And he was like, well, that's perfect. That's like, if you know, with your podcast, she's in focus. That's like, if your last name was focus, and I was like, exactly. How could you not go <laughs> with Adelaide's media? <laughs> I did. I was so lucky funny. with that. Very lucky. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, so let's, we're going to wrap up here. Um, what is one thing, you know, about your story and your journey that you want the people listening today to remember and to take away from your journey? I would say uh, 
probably the one thing that stands out to me is I think that a lot of people, when they might hear a story like this or maybe just take a quick look at Instagram and be like, oh, like she just know, like she's confident. Look at she's posing without a shirt, blah, blah, blah. Is that it's not, that's just what you see on the internet. Like you're not seeing what goes behind that. Like you're not seeing me go tell my girlfriend, like I'm freaking out about this gig that's coming up. Um, You know, people that you see that seem to just be effortlessly going along, they have the same struggles as you. And I just think remembering that and just facing the fact that you're going to have anxiety probably and you're going to be nervous and put pressure on yourself because if you're a creative, you're probably kind of a perfectionist about your work. But like you have to just keep going despite that. And I think both in fitness and videography, if I did not kind of keep going despite the fact that I was freaking out in my head, I never would have done anything. I'd probably still be at Chili's waiting tables doing the two for 20 special. Mm. Uh, So yeah, that would be my (laughs) biggest thing is like, just start, go, like do your thing and know that you can do it because everybody that you're watching has started exactly where you are. Yeah, absolutely. And how can the viewers and listeners of this podcast support you as a filmmaker? I think just by going out and making your mark, because that just helps us grow as a community. Um, But on a more personal level, I'd love to connect. Uh, I'd love to be part of this community and, you know, send me your work. I'll send you mine. We can look at each other's stuff. I, you know, I would love to just connect with everybody that's in your community listening to this podcast. Well, awesome. Well, we know where to find you and we will uh, absolutely get that going. You know, the future of this podcast, I hope to one day kind of make a a Facebook group or some sort of like actual community where, um, you know, I'm making these women more accessible to the other women in the group. Um, But absolutely, you guys heard it here first. You know where to find Alyssa. And uh, yeah, and I just I'm so excited to see where this how this will grow. And we're uh, I'm really excited that you're a part of it, too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I freaking love your podcast and you're killing it. (laughs) Keep going. I can't wait to see these future episodes coming out. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Alyssa. And as usual, thanks so much for listening. I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye.